0: Uh, I know we we take some things for granted. This is my daughter, my youngest daughter, and my son-in-law. And they have decided we need to be grandpa again. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations to them. I don't know if that makes me feel older or younger. Amen. It is so good to see every one of you today in the house of the Lord. And I truly apologize for being out last week. That was not the intention. Uh, we had started out of town, and, and uh, my wife was very sick, and then she decided she'd share it. I appreciate her generosity. So we've spent the week in survival mode, as have some of you. Continue to lift up Brother West in your prayers also. He has really struggled with it as well, and not able to be in this morning. Amen. Keep standing just for a moment. If you're tired, you can be seated. But I, I want to make a, 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 again a special pull for our prayer revival. There will not be a more important series of services this year than our prayer revival. So if if you call Cornerstone home, I'm asking you to help your home. I'm asking you to help your family. The the services will be short. We don't hold you. There'll be Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. They'll have a theme. They will last one hour. Wednesday night sometimes lasts a little bit longer. But Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Thursday and Friday night will be very short. Saturday night will be a miracle service, so I'm not putting a limit on that one. You're welcome to stay longer, but we try to keep it short. But please come to our prayer revival. And then Sunday morning, I'm believing God to do some amazing things after this prayer revival. I'm asking you to fast. Some people say, what is a fast? Well, some people fast and they call, they do not drink any water. They do not drink any liquids nor eat any foods. That's too extreme for some people. Uh, so uh, some people give up their beloved Dr. Pepper. I'm not going to specify. I'm going to ask you to fast. I'm going to ask you if you could, just so we can be focused, to eliminate... Uh, to whatever degree possible I'm not, a, I'm not a tyrant but to whatever degree possible if you could eliminate uh, entertainment, media Facebook all those things that keep us so distracted I'd like for you to fill that time if possible with the word of God and just for this week us totally focusing our hearts on hearing from heaven and uh, we sorely need that we need to hear from God, so if you can help me with those things, the fasting, uh, whatever's con- convenient for you. Some of you may just want to give up broccoli. I don't know, but, but but that's I'll leave that with with you. But, <laughs> but do something to let God know, God, I want to hear from you. I'm giving up this. I want to hear from you. I want I want my mind to be trained. And if you've never done an ex- a true, complete. Uh, uh, fast with with either completely no food or it is it is not bad for your body uh it uh, the lord will strengthen you some people have medical conditions that they they cannot do that but i've seen god do some tremendous things amen it's not a weight loss program whatever you lose fasting you gain it back plus a pound or two so don't count on fasting as a weight loss program it doesn't work that way amen I'm going to be preaching the last of my look back I didn't get to do it in December but I feel like God's timing is perfect for it especially with us going into our prayer revival Uh, and I think you will understand once you hear uh, this message this morning the Lord has dealt with me over and over about this message in the last month and so I want to share it again with us Uh, I'm not sure how far back it was the first time I preached it but I'm reading from the book of Lamentations, chapter 3 and verse 25. Also thank those of you, many of you gave us a card and a Christmas present. And I thank you very much. And some of you even snuck it in, didn't put any name on it or anything. And, and uh, so for those who we know and those we don't know, thank you for your kindness. And uh, looking forward to what God is going to do this year. Amen. There will be a fresh prayer card that will be presented. It has several, has 10 tremendous prayer requests on it that we'll keep uh, throughout the year. Just looking forward to what God's going to do. Lamentation. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. It is good that one should wait quietly. For the salvation of the Lord, Psalmist said in sixteen and eleven, "You make known to me the path of life." I would just ask you right now, either through show of hands or not, how many of you know that you need direction for your path of life? He said, "You make, you make known to me the path of life, and in your presence." There is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now I want to ask those of you that have been living a little while, how many of you just have how many of you have noticed that life just seems to get just easier the the farther you go? How many of you have noticed that life seems to get harder the farther you go? It's about time you get through battling one thing, it leads you right into a next battleground. No wonder the psalmist said, You make known to me the path of life. I've got to have him, church. We've got to have his direction. In your presence there is fullness of joy. Could we just ask the Lord to speak to you personally? Ask him personally speak to you in the next few moments. Lord. I know that you're a God of great mercy and compassion. We would not be here if it were not for your compassion. I pray, Lord, that your presence would come into this sanctuary right now in a special way. Lord, I am not deserving of you in any way. You have shown great mercy to me. I am here because of grace and mercy and kindness. Lord, I pray that your spirit would hover over us and that you would speak speak directly to our hearts, O oh God. Let us hear your still, small voice. And I ask you to move in our midst in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. When I think back on that night, it was a very special night. It was the Friday night, the last night of Senior High Youth Camp. If I'm not mistaken, I was 16 years old. I can still hear Brother Merle, Ewan and that rich voice that he had, singing that old song. And until then, my heart will go on singing. And until then, With joy I'll carry on Until the day Mine eyes behold that city Until the day God calls me home that song hung in my brain as a young teenager. I walked out that tabernacle door heading back to what you guys call West Texas. It's actually Central Texas. If you put your finger on it, just because you're from East Texas, you think everything that way is West. And so we headed back to Central Texas. A young man and a God had done some great things for me. We had lingered in those altar services for hours that week, both the day and the night services. During those altar services that week, God had given me direction of who I was going to marry, actually at 16 years old. Uh, I know that scares some of you parents, and it, it would scare me too, so just write that off. but. Uh, I'm a quick learner, I guess. He had, renewed, he had renewed my call to ministry that week. I had been called of God to preach at the tender age of seven. can still take you to the place where God called me when I was seven years old. But God renewed that call, and He had breathed new life into my soul. And it all happened while lingering in the presence of God. Anybody here have a microwave oven in your house? Let me re-ask the question. Is there anybody that don't have a microwave oven? We like things fast. Thank you for not having a microwave. We like it fast. I bought my wife a Christmas present this year. It cooks beans in 15 minutes. It is a pressure, vicious pressure cooker because we like things When you look into the Bible, you can find negative connotations for the subject of lingering, but there are many positives. There are, I know, there are sad instances where people lingered too long in a place that God had called them out of. There are examples of people who allowed their minds to linger in negative places until they fell captive to their enemy and I know all too well the trap of lingering in a place that does not benefit my eternal soul and I've been guilty of lingering in a negative place until a, a, a cloud came on my whole existence uh, and some of you know what I'm talking about something happens and you just let negativity you just stay there long so long that it just becomes your life and And then there are those common daily places where people linger. Uh, they, they used to say you lingered by the, by the coffee pot. People lost their job because they lingered around the coffee pot or the water fountain too long. Or, but now we linger around Facebook and the internet, and some people linger around the mall. And I've seen people that have been guilty of lingering around the gym too long, and, and I've seen some people guilty of lingering around the table too long. What does the word linger mean? It means to remain or stay in a place longer than is usual or expected as if from a reluctance to leave. You linger, meaning you stay longer than you expected to stay because there's a reluctance to leave. And I want to talk to us again this morning about this lost art of lingering I can remember as a child I was raised in the church I was taken to church I believe the first time when I was three days old and I can remember as a child people of God lingering in the altars long after the preacher had finished preaching there was not a rush to get home there was a desire to be in the presence of God and my desire in this message is an attempt to head us back in that direction where we love to just linger in the presence of God. We are now J. Oswald Sanders said we are now and will be in the future only as intimate with God as we really choose to be. I'm asking you is there a desire to be intimate with God? Is there a resurgence in us? Can there be a renewing of a desire to have true intimacy with our Creator. One guy said our minds need the luxury of lingering in His presence. Our minds need that luxury in this complex and rapid-paced society we live in. We are in desperate need of a spa for the soul. Amen. They say, oh, you get a spa day for the body. No. We don't need a spa day for the body. We need a spa day for the soul in this insane society we live in where the news changes faster than you know what to do. And there's fake news now and there's this news now and there's this false report. There's something about our mind that needs a spa day in the presence of God. There's something about being where it's only love and joy and peace and truth and justice and righteousness and we need our mind to soak up the purity of God's presence our souls are in desperate need of some non-rushed pampering we need some quality time in the presence of our creator Elizabeth Elliot said it this way by trying to grab fulfillment everywhere we find it nowhere By trying to grab fulfillment everywhere, we actually find it nowhere. There are so many things clamoring for our attention, our jobs, our hobbies, our friends, our bills, our commitments, our children, our spouse, etc., 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 our cats, our dogs, Whatever your heart clings to, Martin Luther said, whatever your heart clings to and confides in, that is your God. Whatever your heart clings to and confides in, that is your God. So often, even as Christians, Jesus ceases to be our go-to guy. Dear Jesus, how foolish of me. Corey Ten Boom said, listen to this powerful statement from Corey Ten Boom. If you don't know her, you ought to read some of her stuff. Dear Jesus, how foolish of me to have called for human help when you were here. James 4 and 1 said, What causes quarrels and causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have, why? Because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. He said, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God therefore whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that has made to dwell in us he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us listen to me God is jealous of you when you're on Facebook God is jealous of you when you're spending time with other things and do not spend time with him I I don't want to sound harsh or cruel this morning but when he paid it all for us he wanted to spend time with us He didn't purchase us with his own blood for just to see us on the weekends. He didn't purchase us with his precious blood just to have a few seconds with us. When he purchased us, he wanted us to be intimate with him. When he purchased us, he wanted to spend time with us. You say, I don't understand that. Does he not know how pitiful I am? Yes, he done that in spite of how pitiful you were. And somehow and some way, it makes sense to God to spend time with you oh God get us out of the situation where we just pop in and pop out when God wants to take time with us best way to know what he knows is to linger in his presence God always gives you what you would have asked for if you knew everything that he knows Tim Keller made that statement He said, God always gives you what you would have asked for if you knew everything he knows. So how do I get to where I know? How many of you have worked with somebody uh, for for a while and then maybe you had a a weekend uh, business where all the company had to go spend the whole weekend together and you really got to know those people? You just work with them at work. Finally you have to go to a conference somewhere And you get to know them at a whole different level So many times we only know God at such a shallow level And that's why the psalmist said Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord O Lord, hear my voice Let your ears be attentive To the voice of my pleas for mercy If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. This morning I was up around 4.30 and I went to my chair in the living room. And I, I'd, I'd pray for a while and I'd nap a minute and I'd wake up and be concentrating on what was going to take place in this sanctuary today and I kept looking out that window next to me and finally that dawn began to break he said it's like that that watchman looking for the morning he just keeps waiting for it he knows it's going to come but he's got to see it he wants it to happen that's what he's saying to us about being in the presence of God We want," it. he said my soul needs to just want God more than the watchman wants to see the sun come up in the morning. Uh, There's got to be something about us, church. Uh, We live in a society, I feel like sometimes uh, this message is even hopeless. Uh, I feel like this message is sometimes impossible because we're so overwhelmed. Uh, Our news comes at us uh, in rapid fire. Uh, We're hearing this and we're functioning here and we're dealing with this pressure and that pressure. And sometimes I feel like this message, I might as well quit uh, but I'm not quitting because I believe there's some still some people who realize blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. There's gonna be somebody that says I'm gonna set the world aside for an hour today. I'm gonna find an extra hour and I'm just gonna be lost in the presence of my God. Amen. My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning more than the watchman for the morning. Waiting, Eugene Peterson said, waiting in prayer. Waiting in prayer is a disciplined refusal to act before God acts. Isn't that cool? Waiting in prayer is a disciplined refusal to act before God acts. I can't tell you the number of times that people have come to me and said, I wish I had gotten an answer from the Lord before I did this or that. I wish I had heard from God before I did this or that. And I can look back over my life and see the times when I waited on Him. And, and I, I, I waited, and sometimes it was a month, sometimes it was, I remember one time it was, it was six months that I was desperate for God. I was hurting so bad in a situation but I knew I couldn't make a move until I'd heard from God and I would cry out to God and I would go to the church and I would seek God but all the day he gave his answer it was priceless what God did because to hear the voice of God is so vitally important listen we don't think nothing of going out and doing this and doing that and doing something else but it is so dangerous to be doing this and doing that without the will and the direction of God on our life we need to hear from God you say why does that matter I don't know why does it matter that he knows the very hairs on your head why does it matter that he sees the sparrow when it falls it's because he cares about his creation and if he cares then we ought to be asking him before we do stuff If the creator of this universe actually cares what's going on in my life, then I think it would be brilliant of me to ask him before I do stuff. Before I make decisions, I linger in his presence. Amen. How many of you like a good marinated steak? That's something good to talk about at lunchtime after I've just threatened you with a fast. Amen. Like them steaks, it's been marinated. You don't, you, don't, you don't call something marinated. Pup, do you call something marinated that's been in the marinade five minutes? Nah, that ain't marinated. You call something that's marinated that's been in there 30 minutes? Where does it start? Where does marinating start? Huh? That the, that's the starting point? That's the minimum? Hands down minimum. There's two hours there. Come on. One hour? Dear Lord, see, you're microwave generation. Get out of here. <laughs> overnight, pop says overnight. Hey, man, when you think of something being marinated, it spends a little time in an environment because what are you wanting it to do to that steak? Huh? What are you wanting that that marinade to do? You're wanting it to change its flavor you don't want to just eat a dead cow or you just cut something off and eat it you want to have some marinade of that good juices those good flavorings you want that steak to literally change its flavor into what you're desiring listen to me that's why God wants us to linger in his presence he's wanting to change us from what we are to what he wants to make in us and you can't marinate a soul in five minutes you can't get what god wants in five minutes you gotta get in there and stay in there and let god change you i've had people say well i've tried church i've given it a shot i've been to the altar and i it just don't work for me no this works this does work if you get in there and you stay in there and you stay in his presence it will change you you can't stay in God's presence and not be changed. Would you give the Lord praise right now? Hallelujah. Amen. There's an invitation in Exodus to linger. He said Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro. He was out in the wilderness. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire. Out of the midst of a bush, and he looked and beheld. The bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. Why this bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see. I'm just going to ask you right there, I wonder how many burning bush experiences we've missed because we didn't have time to turn aside and see. Let me tell you something. You're, you don't have accidents in your life. Once God starts working in your life, you don't just have things happen. There's a reason for whatever happens. And if something's turning you aside, there's a reason for it. And you don't need to just push on by. We have missed so many opportunities to stand at the burning bush simply because we did not have time to turn aside. But when the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near me. Take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. God wants to invite you on the holy ground. God wants to invite you into a presence like you've never known before. God wants to invite you. And he said, said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. And I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. And I know their sufferings. You see, God invites you because you are an answer not just to yourself but to someone else. Amen. You need to ask God this year to give you some burning bush experiences. You need to say, God, I'm willing to turn aside. Really, listen, if you're going to walk with God, you need some burning bush experiences. If you're going to walk with Him, there's going to have to be some times that are special to you and you alone. There's going to have to be some places that you allow God to draw you into that are not just for the general body of believers. You know when you leave that place that God has brought you and you alone into that house. and you say why do I need that pastor? Because you're going to face some things. You're going to face some challenges because there are people's salvation that are attached to your existence. I don't care who you are. There's people's salvation that are attached to your existence. They may be your children. They may be your grandchildren. They may be your friends on your job. But there's people's salvation that are attached to your lives. And Moses was fixing to help save people and he knew he had to have an anointing of God listen to me you can't do the job God wants you to do if there's not some time when God can pull you aside and prepare you for what's going on in your life Mm. this cannot just be a going through the motions thing ladies and gentlemen when he bought you he bought you and if he bought you then there needs to be that time when he pulls you aside and does what he wants to do in your life. Hey Amen. Luke seven. This is the opportunity that's presented to linger. First of all, I spoke to you about the invitation. Here's the opportunity. Luke 7 says one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. He went into the Pharisees' house and reclined at the table, and behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner. When she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. Standing behind him at his feet, she began to weep, wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this guy really was a prophet, he would know This woman's reputation. He would know who this woman is. And he would stop her because she's a sinner. And Jesus read his mind and read his mail. I said, Jesus read his mind and then read his mail. And Jesus said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. He said, a certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other only 50. And when they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both of them. Now which one of them will love him more? And Simon answered, well, I suppose the one that he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then Jesus turned toward the woman and he said to Simon, do you see this woman? He said, I entered your house and you did not even do what was customary. It was custom to make sure that your guests had had their feet washed in their day. He said, I came to your house, and you didn't even do what was customary. He said, you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. He said, when I came in, you gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil but she has anointed my feet with ointment therefore I tell you her sins which are many are forgiven for she loved much but he who is forgiven little loves little amen and he said to that lady your sins are forgiven you let me just tell you something there needs to be time in the presence of God where you let him know that you're thankful for how good he's been to you these people that never worship God scare me these people that act like they don't have nothing to be thankful for they scare me don't just act like he's never done nothing for you when you get in God's presence you better be thankful you better be thankful cause we don't deserve it somebody give him praise right now somebody give him praise right now God's been good to me God's been good to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I watch too many people try to come into the presence of the Lord acting like God owes them something. And I know it's not intentional, it's just I think you forget sometimes how good God's really been to you. Amen. And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And so as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. Verse chapter 10 a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had called a sister, Mary. That sat at the Lord's feet, listening to his teaching. But notice this next verse. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all this? All the dishes and all the cooking and all the cleaning and all this. My sister's just left me to do all this. She's there at your feet just listening to you but the Lord answered her and said Martha Martha you're anxious and troubled about many things and I would just about want to tell you today that that's the definition of many of our lives you're anxious and you're troubled about many things But the Lord goes on to say, but there's one thing that's necessary. And Mary has chosen that one good thing. And it cannot be taken away from her. Listen to me. I think you know it by now. Most of the things you worry about don't come to pass anyway. And I don't know how much you can change it by worrying about it anyway. But I do know how much you can change it. By getting in the presence of God and letting Him deal with it. I know it can change there if you can get it out of your head long enough to get at his feet and say God I just want to be in your presence I want your will to be done in my life that lost art of lingering we are so busy we're in and out and gone and doing and on the phone and on this and on that lost art of lingering just coming and kneeling at his feet and saying I know this is on the schedule and I know that's on the schedule but right now I've just got to sit at the feet of Jesus I've got to sit here for a while you see there's such a danger in the failure to linger Mark 14 tells a story they went to a place called Gethsemane Jesus with his disciples and he told them he said sit here while I pray and Jesus took Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled (coughs) excuse me he said unto them My soul is very sorrowful even to death. So remain here and watch. And he went a little farther and he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, (coughs) the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, which the best term for that for us is my daddy, my daddy. All things are possible for you. So he said, Dad, please remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Not my will, but what your will is. (coughs) And came and found them sleeping. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Notice those two verses again. not watch just one hour, watch and pray so that you won't enter into temptation because the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak and again he went away and prayed saying the same words and again he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were very heavy and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? He said, It's enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed in the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. I wonder sometimes how the scene would have been different had they been willing to watch and pray. And then I look at my own life and I realize, how many times have I gone to sleep praying? That horrible pool of drool. And you wake up and you wonder, what dumb stuff did I just say to God? There's a tragic failure When we do not get in touch with God At critical points in our life And this was a critical point And I just want to tell you folks Throughout this year I don't know what this year holds But I know that there will never be a critical point You're going to face in this life I know there will not be one circumstance That's going to come to your life That God is not going to give you the opportunity To be prepared for the problem is, many times we miss the opportunity to be prepared. Could you not watch with me? Not only is there a failure in and in a, in a tragedy, but there's also a privilege and a reward when we do find ourselves lingering. Notice John 21. Peter turned and saw the disciples whom Jesus saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them the one who also had leaned back against him during the supper and had said Lord who is it that is going to betray you and when Peter saw him he said to Jesus Lord what about this man and Jesus said to him if it is my will that he remain until I come that's not any of your business you just follow me And so the saying spread abroad among the brothers that the disciple was not going to die. Yet Jesus didn't say that he was not going to die. He just said, if it is my will, he may remain until I come. What is that to you? But this is the disciple who's bearing witness about these things and who has written these things. And we know that his testimony is true. Now, there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written about all the things that Jesus did. Notice the reward that this disciple received. He was blessed mightily. John, you read about all the things that he saw and experienced. But there's a little key verse in there and you don't need to miss it. You don't need to skip over it. He's talking about this man. Peter is asking questions about this man. And the only way that the scripture separates him out is back in verse 20, verse brother, put me back at 20. He said, here's what was different about him. He said, this disciple is the one who had leaned back against him during the supper This is the one that said I don't know what else is going to happen here tonight but I'm going to spend time with my master. I'm going to get really close to him because I don't know what we're facing but I want to be close to this God that I serve. I'm telling you there's got to be some times in your life when you put the world on hold and you lean back against the Savior and you don't go anywhere until you hear his voice and you don't make any decisions until you feel his spirit moving on your soul and your mind we need some people that'll take time to lean back against the Savior at supper time we are needing people who are capable of getting a hold of their schedule and putting some things aside and spending time in the presence of their Savior this is a very intimate picture that is painted by this disciple it's a time of closeness there's nothing homosexual about this there's nothing vain or or ugly about this this was simply the the, the, the writer John or the disciple who was wanting to be close to Jesus just hours before the crucifixion and that picture needs to get a hold of us when somebody asks about you they need to say oh it's that lady that always goes down to the front and spends time worshiping God when they ask about you it does not need to be oh you know that lady that runs out the back door just as soon as she can get out come on now I'm bringing it home ain't I yeah how, how do you know Peter who are you talking about which disciple oh you know that one that always goes down you, you know that, that guy that always goes down there and buries his face and there's always tears when he leaves that altar who are you talking about? Oh, I'm talking about that person. They don't even let the service, they don't even hear the last amen and they're out the door. Which one are you? Which one describes you? If somebody asks about you, uh, can I tell them, oh, you know, that's uh, every once in a while, evangelists will ask me about somebody and they'll say, oh, you know, that, that, that uh, person, that, you know, it just seemed like they were just so hungry for God. Or they'll say, You know that that they set back sword in a certain place, and it's like they didn't, they wasn't even connected. What do you want? How do you want to be identified? Peter said, John, that disciple that was leaning back against Jesus and wasn't getting in a hurry. that's, That's who I'm asking you about. We see this same reward in 1 Samuel. He waited seven days, the time appointed by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to, go, come to Gilgal. And the people were scattering. So Saul said, bring the burnt offering here to me, the peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. As soon as he had finished offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came and said, Saul went out to meet him and greet him. And Samuel said, what have you done Saul said, when I was, saw the people were scattering from me and you didn't come within the days appointed that the Philistines had mustered at Miss Michmash, they could get in their army together. He said, I, I was afraid the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal and I've not sought the favor of the Lord. So I forced myself and offered the burnt offering. And Samuel said, to Saul you have done foolishly you have not kept the command of the Lord your God with you which he commanded you for then the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever but now your kingdom shall not continue the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and the Lord has commanded him to be prince over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you there was something about the disrespect that Saul had For the real presence and the operation of God. And he couldn't wait to do it right. He got in a hurry and it cost him the kingdom. I can't tell you enough about the times that I feel, I told you the other night about the young ladies that talked about God missing a chance to be early. They said, God's never been late. But he sure has missed a few chances to be early. I'm going to tell you something. Most of us have the testimony of feeling like God is not showing up on time. But if you get the cart before the horse, what a mess you're going to be in. I have seen more people make decisions without the mind of God that cost them so much. We have got to be a people that lingers in the presence of God until we hear from God. Listen to me, there is no sin too dark. There is no deed that's been done that's too dirty that God cannot straighten out. But it will not be done through a microwave experience. If you're gonna straighten out the mess in your family, if you're gonna get the a mess straightened out in your mind. If you're going to get healed in your spirit, it's going to be because you marinate, you spend time, and you linger in the presence of God. You cannot linger in the presence of an eternal, all-powerful, all-knowing God of love and not increase your quality of life. I'm I'm, I'm heading to close. Just listen to the last statements. Listen to this powerful statement the Lord gave me. You cannot linger in the presence of an eternal, all-powerful, all-knowing God of love and not increase your quality of life. And my next challenging question, how can we reasonably say that we want to spend eternity with God when we don't even have a consistent desire to linger in His presence now. Sister, forehead, if you can come to the keyboard, I'm, I'm closing. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night they never cease to say, Holy Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come and whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who is seated on the throne who lives forever and ever. The Twenty-four elders fall down before Him who is seated on the throne and they worship Him who lives forever and they cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, O Lord. And God to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Go back to that very that eighth verse. Within day and night, everybody say day and night, day and night they never cease. Holy, holy, holy It's the Lord God Almighty. It never ceases. It never stops. Holy, holy, holy. Can you imagine that environment? Separate yourselves. You need His presence so desperate. I don't know that you even realize how much you need it. I don't think there's any way I can even put it in words how much you need what I'm preaching about. I know the enemy fights it. I know that we feel like we don't have time for this and we don't have time for that. We've got too much to do. But there is no place better to give you direction peace than to linger in the presence of God I've seen people get stuff sorted out that looked like such a mess and I said how'd you get the answer they said I just stayed in the presence of the Lord until I heard his voice clear this ain't microwave stuff i'm just telling you and every one of you in here but one had a microwave cuz we like it fast but this don't happen that way i've told you the story and i was privileged to see david again this week such a blessing to my soul every time i see him david was a he was a backslider He was a preacher's son from way back. He had been to prison a couple of times. I was a new pastor when he came into the church at Las Cruces. David was very talented and I had him play the piano. And I began to question not having him anymore and the Lord just kept me using him. Every time I'd start to not use him anymore, the Lord would just impress me to keep using him. We had a revival. It was a Tuesday night, not well attended. Just a very few people there. The service had ended. A lot of people had gone home. And I felt such a deep burden. I began to walk all the way around that sanctuary. It was a long sanctuary and I would walk all the way around. I was just desperately praying. And the way our church was set up, the piano was right over here and David was playing the altar music. I made it down this aisle and I collapsed right in the floor. And I began to just travail before God and weep before God. In a few moments, I felt somebody just fall down beside me. And I began to hear David. The piano stopped, and he had left that piano and he fell down on that floor beside me. And he began to repent of things that I started praying louder to cover so people couldn't hear what he was repenting of because it was rough. Now watch God gloriously fill David with the Holy Ghost. The story began to come out. Not only was David a quite a marijuana user, but he was he he ran marijuana out of Mexico. We lived close. They had connections over there. They'd bring it across. He worked on cars, body work. He'd cut them open, put a compartment, wrapped the marijuana Basically, a very large empire making huge money. That night, David left all that, walked away from it. God being merciful, a year later, they busted both sides Mexico and this side. And he would have gone to prison for quite some time had God not rescued him from that when he did but David left that lucrative lifestyle began to put his own business in I got to see him before I left town just in New Mexico just the other day he's got two massive structures going up God's blessed him as a commercial contractor now God's blessed him David no longer has to look over his shoulder he's a free man God's blessed him with a great income that happened one night because somebody was willing to linger that kind of change folks I'm, I'm just telling you here's a man who has spent time in, twice in prison he's full blown drug marijuana runner some people don't call marijuana drugs I'll let you sort that out got it all Fancy everything, fancy everything new and just got the lifestyle and gave it all up that night in an altar. And the change didn't all happen just overnight. It didn't go from, from that rich, all that money flowing in to having this wealthy contractor business. No, there was a lot of suffering. There was a lot of time of, of having to build a business and it took, it took a lot. But there was a change that happened in that lingering that night. And you say, I don't know, Brother Boone. I don't know if this can change in me or not. I don't know if I can get past this stuff. And I'm hearing you. But I'm telling you, anything that stays in the marinade long enough changes the flavor. And God can change the flavor of your life. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you've faced. But I know God can fix it if given time, the lost art of lingering. There are some things that will not be fixed until you just linger in His presence long enough to change your flavor. God is 2018. our books I don't know what it is on yours but I know we're living in a society that's very very unpredictable and life changes at a moment's notice and God I'm asking you to give Cornerstone some people who know how to linger in your presence until they really hear from you. God, I'm asking you to give Cornerstone a pastor who knows how to linger until he's changed and hears straight from heaven. God, I'm asking you to give us Sunday school teachers, board members, outreach people, praise singers, musicians, who know how to linger in your presence until they hear from you. God, we can't do what we need to do if we don't know what you want. And we can't know what you want unless we spend time in your presence. God, we enter a week of fasting our prayer revival, and I'm asking that you would talk to us this week. I'm asking that you would help us learn a whole new level of being in your presence and lingering until we are changed, till our circumstances are changed, till our lives are born into your purpose. God, I pray that you would get a hold of us with that same hunger that John had. That in those perilous times, in those critical moments, instead of just running here and there, he spent his time leaning against you and seeking your face. God, we got men that need direction for their home. We got mamas that need direction for their girls. We got mamas who are setting examples that their children will follow either to life or to detriment. God, they need you. They need to be marinated in your presence. God, we got people that are pressed hard with trials right now. And they don't need to react wrongly, God. They need to react according to your will and your mercy. So I pray that we learn to linger. I pray that we learn that lost art of just lingering in your presence for in your presence there is fullness of joy God I pray for your glory to overshadow our homes I pray for your spirit to overshadow our minds that we can listen for you oh God Lord, that we would not make decisions without direction from heaven. That this would be the year that we don't make decisions without listening for the voice of the one who loved us so much that he bought us with his own blood. God, I pray that we listen, that we hear your voice, oh God. Lord, there are people counting on us to hear from heaven. Lord, there are people counting on us to know the mind of God. There are people depending on us to know which way to go. There are people depending on us to be able to pray for them. We need the hand of God on us. We need the Spirit of the Almighty to overshadow us. And God this can't be done in a microwave. We got to spend some time marinating in the presence of the Lord. God, I pray. Oh God, speak to our hearts deeply. Lord, we don't want just a casual acquaintance. We need the depth of the Spirit to flood our souls. Draw us close to You, O God. Lord, I've stayed so busy with things over the last year that I have not prayed and lingered in Your presence like I desire. God, I pray that You would help me this year to put aside some things and spend that time lost in Your presence being changed at the very core of who I am God we need you we need those long those times of the influence of the spirit in our life long enough to change who we are to really alter us at our very base and core oh father speak to us speak to us Jesus God that's not going to get done we don't spend it there it's not going to happen if we're not in your presence oh God we can't get where we need in just a few moments here and there we cannot get where you need us to go if we're just casual about our time with you we've truly got to get in your presence holy, holy holy is the Lord God Almighty Lord, speak to us, Lord, of the Lord, in the presence of the Lord, that's where you find everything that you need when you seek His face. He'll draw near to us in the presence of the Holy God. In the presence of the Lord. in the presence of the Lord. That's where you find everything that you need seek His face, He'll draw near to us in the presence of a holy God, in the presence of the Lord, in the presence of the Lord. That's where you'll find everything that you need. When we seek His face, He'll draw near to us in the presence of a holy God. My soul will wait on you until I feel your presence surrounding me. My soul I feel your presence surrounding me, cause in the presence of the Lord, in the presence of the Lord, that's where you'll find everything that you need. seek his face he'll draw near to us in the presence of a holy God oh my soul longs for you nothing There's nothing like it, church. If you need to be dismissed, you're welcome to go. I understand schedules and conflicts. I really do. I don't want to be overbearing, but I'm telling you there's no better place in the entire universe you could be right now than in the presence of the Lord saying, God, this year's going to be different. This year I'm going to hear from you more often. This year I'm going to spend more time in your presence, God. This year is going to be different, Lord. I'm going to put some things aside. And I'm going to take time to be in your presence until my life is really changed. Until I really do get the victory over some of these things. Until I really do get some answers to questions I've had all my life, God. This year is going to be different. Amen. I understand if you need to go, we're dismissed. But if you want to be in the presence of the Lord this year uh, and say, God, I'm establishing a pattern uh, that one time at least a week, uh, maybe two or three or four, uh, I'm going to lay aside my schedule if I have to get up a little early in the morning uh, or if I have to burn the midnight oil uh, or if I have to use my lunch hour. uh, God, I'm going to spend time with you uh, until my life is changed uh, because I must be changed, oh God. I must be changed. Amen. Don't forget, invite some more people uh, to the Wilbanks concert tonight. It's going to be a powerful blessing. Uh, amen. Come expecting next week a uh, great revival in our prayer, prayer revival. Don't forget it. Uh, God bless you. We'll see you soon.